And we're back! Yes, it's the TARDIS trio once again. Uh, Christine, Neil and Pete, myself, Peter. Uh, so yes, we are here to talk about the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton, and our favourite episodes from his era. So, who wants to kick us off first this time? Last time I made a lot of how Hartnell's the, the one true Doctor, the original. Uh, and he is my Doctor, is the first, first of the classic who... Uh, doctors I, I saw um, but Patrick Troughton's brilliant uh, in all seriousness, he's brilliant <laughs> and without him it's, as is, has often been said the show couldn't have continued because this idea of replacing yeah. the lead character with someone with the same name but who is really quite different yeah. um, must have been so so alien, no pun Literally intended, alien. <laughs> uh, to, to the audience uh, of the 60s. It's um, clearly quite a challenge, but he pulls it off admirably. Mm -hmm. um, and the story I've chosen is the first Troughton story I saw, uh, which is The Mind Robber. Yeah. And it's probably the classic Who story I've seen most times because you know <laughs> you, it's always fun you know it's, yeah, it's yeah. a story you can keep going back to it's always fun and for a black and white uh television story it's very very colorful absolutely yeah the doctor and Troughton's best companions jamie and zoe yay are off on a mysterious planet where all kinds of odd things are going on uh fictional characters appearing mm -hmm. from all over the place but the the story also has a rather iconic visual uh, early on where the TARDIS explodes. Which is shocking. <laughs> it didn't happen every week back then. No. Um, <laughs> the TARDIS explodes and you see uh, Zoe in her sparkly cat suit, which even in black and white is quite visually arresting, <laughs> <laughs> um, clinging to the console which is spinning around, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's quite a sight. It is uh, quite a sight, yes. Um, many a sparkly cat suit has been envisioned since, <laughs> since that time. Uh, but the, the whole story is a lot of fun. They even get around uh, Fraser Hines, who played Jamie, not being available uh, for one episode by having the Doctor uh, essentially try to do a sort of slide puzzle. Yeah. of Jamie's face and get it wrong. Picking so, Mix McCrimmon. Yeah, so they bring in a completely different actor to play Jamie for one episode and they get away with it. Yeah. You know, they, they get away with it. It's the one story you could really it's, get away with. It's, that. Oh. it's audacious and silly, um, but it's a good story and a lot of fun and you can spot your favourite characters mm. uh, from... Other fiction. Indeed. It's great. Some of which existed then and some of which was a future uh, projection of fiction like Carcass yeah. uh, from the, what was it, United Telepress? There's something Telepress from the year 2000. Yeah. Who never actually existed in the year 2000. <laughs> I'm amazed Doctor Who magazine didn't do something then. But never mind. Uh, <laughs> just to make him part of the Anyway, uh, but yeah. It's a fantastic story. It's, it's almost... It's almost critic-proof because it does take place in a land of fiction where anything could happen. Yeah. And the twists and turns it takes is phenomenal. 
the person controlling it is, has been known as the master of the land of fiction, but I think they actually only refer to him as the master then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is really interesting, because uh, obviously they might be talking about someone else called the master. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spoilers. Yeah, just uh, so. Yes, it's a it's a phenomenal story. Uh, five five very short episodes actually. I think all of them are about twenty minutes, so mm -hmm. it does go by at a fair pace. But it's well worth checking out. It's literally to uh, you know it's really good. So and check that out. And Trouton, Jamie and Zoe has to be one of the best yeah. two Tardises <clears throat> ever. Okay, um, yeah. They're a they're a great combo that mm -hmm. wouldn't have quite worked with anybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, Trouton and Hines just spark off each other constantly, yeah. and then Paddles always puts her oar in as well. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the time, she she ends up being the smartest of the oh, three. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's absolutely. the thing. That's, that's what really works, and it's yeah. also it gets away from kind of like the being protective of Victoria, you know, thing that they used to fall into oh. uh, all the time with some of the earlier ones, because uh, she could stand her own two feet and you know be a bit more. Uh, forthright and outthink the doctor quite often, which is which is fantastic and a nice refreshing change. There's so, such yeah. contrast, I think, particularly <clears throat> for the earliest doctors, there's such contrast between useless companions <laughs> and really brilliant ones. You yeah. know, they've mm -hmm. they've got some they've got some fantastic ones and I, I always wonder how it kinda came to be. Is it that that some <clears throat> of them are so weak and others are so great? Yeah. Um. Mm. Oh well, very interesting. Moving on to Neil's choice. Neil, what do you have? Yes. I have the invasion. The invasion. Oh, now, good choice. One of the important things is there's no clue in that title as to what the enemy of the story is. Very true. Very true. Which happens in another couple of times with this particular enemy. Mhm. Mm yep. Yeah. And, and actually, with that title. In a John Pertwee story, or oh, remind me of that, and I'll tell you that. Okay, okay. okay. Um, it's the classic Tardis trio again of Jamie, Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Zoe, and the Doctor, uh, and it's also got the Brig and Unit. Yay! Yay! And he is the Brig at this point because yes. he was Colonel Lethbridge Stewart when he first mm -hmm. appeared, but now he is actually Brigadier, yep. which is fantastic. Now, this is the first story with Benton in it as well, isn't it? Yes. Corporal. Yes. Uh, Corporal Benton. Very small and, part, uh, but yeah. The very casual Jimmy. <laughs> who's in the... Lay on a jeep for me, Jimmy. <laughs> Brilliant. So, for anybody that doesn't know, mm -hmm. the invasion is in fact a Cyberman story. Excellent. Excellent. Not that Cyberman. Oh, okay. So I haven't got that far yet. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, the main villain is in fact uh, Tobias Vaughn, who is a classic Cyberman Slash human puppet. Excellent. That is a, a front oh, for, for, <laughs> the, for the cyber invasion. Oh. Played marvelously by Kevin Stoney. He's phenomenal. He also played Mavic Chen in the in the lost, but well, mostly lost, um, Dalek Master Plan Hartnell story, which I really, really wish existed. I, I would love to see that. And of course, an iconic iconic villain always needs a bumbling oaf <laughs> to go with him. <laughs> In the form of Peter Halliday's Packer. Yay! Oh, it's <laughs> it amazing story. It's so funny. The amount of times yeah. he just goes, Packer! And <laughs> <laughs> just gets him to do something. It's, it's genuinely hilarious. If you listen out for it, it happens all the time. It's so funny. 
it doesn't happen as often as these two say it if you're watching <laughs> this, this story with them. It is one of our go-tos, yeah. yeah. Um, but one yes. thing that's really good about this story, although there are some missing episodes, mm -hmm. the reconstruction that happened for it, courtesy of Cosgrove Hall, uh, to my mind, was the definitive reanimation of it. Well, it was the very first one that they did. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the first time they tried, uh, you know, reconstructing and animating the episodes and Costco Fall were a bit kind of miffed and that the two episodes they got to to do didn't really feature any Cybermen. <laughs> yeah. But they had a couple of shorts that I think are on the DVD uh, of, you know, iconic Cyberman images uh, and animation that they did. It was almost like to prove they could do it. Um, yep. So yeah, if you, if you get the DVD of it, which is definitely worth checking out, um, yeah, that's on there and it's really good. And it may or may not be a coincidence that, again, this is directed by Douglas Canfield. There we are. I don't know. Maybe I can I see just, you developing a thing, you know. like his style, I guess. <laughs> I like that Canfield style. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> but it's another story where Zoe gets to be really clever. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also Goofy, where she's yeah. running about dressing up with the photographer lady. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I uh -huh. think there's a bit of chemistry going on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Mm -hmm. But that's... Even if it's just good gal pals, it's, mm. it's quite a good laugh. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And also how... She gets to be super, like, super genius, uh -huh. yeah. outsmarting computers Blow, and blows stuff. Blows up a computer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also gets to prance around with a feather boa. I mean, yeah. it's Indeed, living yeah. the dream the man, you know. That's it. And also you've got the, the classic, for the way that the soldiers react to her as well. You've got the classic line when she reprograms all the, the missiles and everything mm -hmm. <clears throat> to deal with the situation. Uh, one of the soldiers says, Can we keep her, sir? She's far prettier than a computer. Uh, which is fantastic. You know, mm -hmm. you, you couldn't possibly, actually, you might prettier say that. Prettier and smarter. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there we are. That's uh, uh, Another thing about the episode is, people may not be aware, there was a massive reinvestment in the radiophonic workshop. Mm -hmm. So all the special sounds and things like that were completely redone. Like the, the Cybermen kind of dying off sound and things like that. A lot of those sounds were brand new for that time, and a lot of them were reused later on. Yeah. So there was a, a big reinvestment there. Good, good. Mm -hmm. All right. And it's got some really iconic Hartnell running <laughs> in it as well. Triton. Hartnell, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Even more iconic if, if he came back just to do some running. There. <laughs> uh, but when when you've got the second Doctor on Tobias Vaughn running away from the Cybermen and, you know... Uh, they're mm -hmm. shooting at him and he's doing his comedy leaping in the air holding his bottom yes. uh, <laughs> which is very very amusing well done well done well done Patrick Trown yes so that's the invasion uh, and just as you've got a pattern developing with uh, well actually we've all got patterns developing you've got iconic uh, female companions you've got Dougie Camfield and I've got the Doctor's final story because I'm doing uh, Troughton, I was going to say Hartnell again. <laughs> I've got Troughton's final story, The War Games. That's uh, what I've got down as my favourite. Uh, now this is a very long, long story. It's ten episodes. All of which amazingly exists. So much of Troughton's stuff is missing. But every single episode of this exists. And it's a really, really interesting story for many reasons. It, there's a lot of plodding about in it. It's basically all, all these different soldiers and fighters have been taken out of their own time zones and put into this alien environment where they are made just to fight war games by this race called the Warlords to find out who 
the best fighters are and it's it's just manipulation. Anyway, all that's irrelevant, right? What's important is uh, you've got an amazing performance by Philip Maddock. Oh, yes. Who's in this? He's, he's fantastic in it. You've got Jamie and Zoe again being amazing. Uh, and as I said, it is Troughton's final story. Now, basically, the whole story wraps up pretty much at the end of episode eight. Yeah. Uh, and the last two episodes are basically what happens is the doctor solved all the problems, everyone's defeated, that's great. But he's got all these people he has to try and get back home. And as we know, in this stage, uh, the Doctor wasn't the best at flying the TARDIS and there were far too many people to try and get home. So, what does he do? He does the only thing he can possibly think of to do and he contacts his own race, the Time Lords, and says, this has happened, uh, I'll leave you to it, bye, and tries to run away. <laughs> but this is, the Time Lords are pretty much... The Time Lords can pretty much do anything. Uh, omnipotent. The Time Lords are, are omnipotent, really, at this point, uh, from from the viewer's point of view. Yeah. And they can track the Doctor's TARDIS. They can make horrible things happen to it as they're trying to flee. Um, yeah. well, there's that bit where the, they're trying to escape the Time Lords and oh. the whole thing gets slowed That's down. That's right. They manipulate time around. Oh. And, uh -huh. They're getting dragged <clears> back <throat> to the, mm -hmm. the TARDIS. And they're, they're just unstoppable, yeah. by the looks of it. It's it's a phenomenal story, and again, mind-blowing at the time, you can imagine. Um, basically, the Doctor is put on trial for meddling, uh, for stealing a TARDIS, and meddling in the fears of others, which is the biggest no-no in Time Lord society. Not that you'd ever know it from no. any of their appearances. <laughs> <laughs> so, he puts on a good case, he stands up for himself and says, well, someone has to, you know fight these evils that exist in the universe so mm. it should be me <laughs> just you know we shouldn't just stand watching you know things have to be done they're suffering you know it's incredibly good um what also happens is jamie and zoe's minds are wiped of everything apart from their first adventures with the doctor with the second doctor it's much like portia's speech in the merchant of venice shakespeare fans all that eloquence gets them nowhere indeed mm. And they get shunted back to their own time zones. It's horrible. Well, it's horrible. Because, yeah. you know, it's... Ah, never mind. Um, <clears throat> it's Donna Noble 1.0. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or minus, minus one. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Wow, that's actually a good point. Yeah, it was a Donna Noble. Anyway, sorry. Yes, interesting. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, the Doctor gets sentenced to exile on Earth and a forced regeneration. Oh. So there you go. That's how... His era ends as far as you see it on television. However, there's a whole uh, season 6B that uh, kind of exists in, in fandom and in other fictions where uh, before he's regenerated, he's kind of grabbed by the Celestial Intervention Agency, which is a... <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate it when you're grabbed by the Celestial Intervention Agency? Um, oh, man. And sent off, to do, sent off to do missions uh, surreptitiously for the time was Before uh, his, uh, you know, forced regeneration and exile... Uh, but that's another story entirely. Google, se Google Season 6B, yes. if you want to find out more about that. It's really interesting. So, yes. Don't go down that rabbit hole. No, it's good. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's, good. it's fun. Yep. And explain some inconsistencies coming up. Uh, so, yes, that's the War Games ending this chapter in The Doctor's Life. Again, I'll mention the missing episodes. There were 119 Patrick Troughton episodes. That's 21 stories altogether. Uh, and 53 
of those 119 are missing. Nearly <laughs> half. Nearly half. Yeah, all of the war games exist. Yay. Um, and all of Mind Robber exists, which is great. And yes. they managed to reconstruct those two episodes beautifully. So there we are, of the invasion. Um, so yes, that was Patrick Trenton. Join us next time, where we move on to the Doctor's Exile on Earth. See you then. Stop! You're making me giddy! Uh, no! You can't do this to me! Uh, 